You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Well, we are today going to be in, um, we're going to be in several scriptures, but just two that are going to open us up and kind of set a platform for what we're talking about today as we continue our series, Through the Noise. Um, James, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 15.30, and then also James 1.14 and 15. And then we're going to be in a few others throughout this uh, message today. As you know, we've been going through the book of Proverbs and talking about wisdom. And the book of Proverbs is so uniquely structured that it doesn't allow us at times to just do what we normally would do is, you know, take a passage of scripture, dive in, pick it apart, pull out all the application from it. That would be our normal diet here uh, in terms of our preaching and teaching. Um, But Hopefully, we're still taking exactly what the Word of God is telling us, but we are kind of filling it out in, in themes that we find in the book of Proverbs as it relates to wisdom. And so um, let's just look at these two scriptures, and then we'll see where, uh, how, what God would have for us today. So uh, Proverbs 15.30, Proverbs 15.30, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart and good news refreshes the bones. And then James chapter 1, James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, give birth, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word. I thank you for the sweet time of worship and singing that we had together. And just ask you to meet us in a special way. I know we're all, well, I don't want to speak for everyone, Lord. I know I am just continually, it just feels like a roller coaster each week is highs and lows and uncertainty and new things, new developments. God, we, that's why we're here. That's why we're listening and watching and paying attention because we need something sure and steady and confident. We need you. Would you speak to us this morning from your word? Help us. Let your spirit be just so present for us that we would be changed, be impacted by who you are. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you have skirted this storm right past us. And we just pray for healing in our land, healing in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name these things. Amen. Amen. Um, I I wanted to tell you something about me. Um, I love, I love movies. I really do. I'm, I'm a sucker for movies. I can watch all kinds and just enjoy, uh, the entertainment factor of it. I'm, I'm picky about a lot of things, but with movies, I tend to be a little less. I, I just, 
I guess I'm easily entertained, but one thing about me in movies is I, I cry in movies. I, if it's sad or even happy, I mean, I am just so drawn into the art and into everything that happens in movies that I can get really affected by it. And I remember the first movie that I ever cried in. I mean, this is back when I was a young child. I think I was four years old based on when this movie came out. And do you know what movie it was? I'm going to show you a picture of, of the movie. I I have this memory of being in the movie theater and E.T., we're watching E.T., and I am like sobbing at the end of this movie. And I know it's not the greatest movie. It's not, there's all kinds, but when he is like that little red finger, you know, goes right up to Elliot's head and is like, what does he say? Yeah, you don't want to admit it. I'll be right here, right? He says, he says, I'll be right here, man. I just, I don't know, when he left, it was just sad, and it's never been the same since for me. I, I am, uh, and it reminded me of this because the other, uh, yesterday or day before, like, my kids were like, oh, hey, let's watch E.T., and I was like, you guys go ahead and watch E.T., I'm just, I'm gonna, they had seen it before, I was like, no, I'm not going down that, that road. <laughs> I don't know where you stand on the emotional spectrum, <laughs> but... You're somewhere. You may not be a a crier at movies. You may uh, not be a crier at all. But we are an emotional people. Emotions impact us. Uh, There there are lots of theories about where, um, on, on the idea of emotions, what they are, how many there are. Uh, And this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about emotions. You know, the, the, there's been theories throughout the years that we basically had, for years and years, it was thought that we had uh, six, six emotions. Happiness, sadness, disgust, fear, surprise, anger. And then over the years, you know, there were philosophers like Aristotle. He added some in like friendship, shame, kindness, pity. And most recently, there have been you know, research done and tests done to see, you know, what emotions we have. And, and they would take people and like, there was like this one study, they took, uh, I think it was like eight, uh, 800 participating viewers, and they showed them like 2,000 videos of different things, like people doing an awkward handshake, or one they said they showed a video of someone with a spider in their mouth to, to see what the emotional response is, and they categorized this, and so they came to finding how many emotions they think we have now? 27. There you go. 27 emotions, and you know, the reality is it, it doesn't matter how many we have. I mean, it could be six, it could be 60, it could be 600. See, the point is that there's something we all know, that we are emotional people. And that's okay. God has, has made us with emotions, and the reality is that our emotions are complicated, they're complex. Understanding why we feel a certain way at any given moment is really hard, right? I mean, it is, it's almost impossible. Sometimes it's easy, right? I mean, you, someone, someone cuts you off in traffic, easy emotional response, like anger, rage, 
someone says something to you, insults you, there's sadness, shame. But sometimes we have no idea why we feel the way that we're feeling. I mean, sometimes we just wake up angry. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> we just wake up. We'll wake up angry or we'll wake up sad or we'll wake up nervous. I mean, it could be because of the dream we had. It could be because of the hamburger we had right before we went to bed. I mean, we just, we don't know. We have all kinds of things rolling in our body that just impact the way that we think and feel and respond to those things. And that's part of life, right? Trying to figure out what do we do with those emotions? What do we, how do we handle them when we're triggered? How do we respond in those moments when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're disgusted, when we're it's hard, right? I mean, that's most of what relationship navigation is, is like balancing out the emotions in life and trying to figure out how to not go off the walls with everything that's going on inside of us. And some of us, right, we're just more emotional than others. Outwardly, right? It just comes out in a different way than others. And, and sometimes we label people too quickly. We're like, ah, you're just, you're just emotional, or she's just overly emotional, or he is just an emotional wreck. And right, we'll, we'll even put the tagline as some kind of negative character trait for a person and kind of write them off as though a sign of emotion nullifies any feeling that we have. And sometimes it's true, right? Sometimes we're, some of us are too emotional, right? Maybe I cry too much in movies at times. But that's not where we should start. It's not where we should begin in, in casting people off because they think of, because they are too emotional. Because let me tell you what, some of the folks, because there are other ways that I am very non-emotional. And when I'm non-emotional, or if you consider yourself a non-emotional person, well, that's also just another manifestation of emotion. We've just chosen to take a different path. And the truth is that we're all all of us are, are kind of, sort of, emotional wrecks. <laughs> We're all over the place. So what do we do? Do we run from that? Do we run from emotion? Do we learn how to hide our emotions better so that no one ever knows really what we're thinking, how we're thinking, how we're feeling? No, here's what we do. We recognize it. We acknowledge that we're emotional and we start learning how does God want to shape those emotions? How does he think about our emotions? How do we align our lives with him so that our emotions are useful and are productive and give him glory and give him a position in our life to harness and channel those for his glory? We're trying to get our emotions in alignment with the heart of God. And so that's, that's part of what Proverbs is doing. All of Proverbs is, is helping coach us through life. I've talked about this. It's a coach. It's a coach that, that strengthens us, that, that encourages us, that turns us, shapes us, so that we know how to live wisely, live skillfully. And so it's God coaching us on ways to live in wholeness through the noise, tons of noise in life, always shouting at us. We can't sometimes understand what is happening. I mean, I tried to find the path of this storm. You know, people would say to me, Adam, do you know there's a storm coming? I'm like, yeah, I, I, 
I'm definitely aware. And, and the more I would try to look at it and find where this stinking thing was heading and is this going to challenge the way we're going to do church or if we do church and my home and, you know, I got a neighbor starting to put up shutters and I'm like, bro, it's, it's like a, you know, and I'm going, shoot, maybe he knows something I don't know. And so I'm, I'm looking on. It's, there's noise constantly and trying to harness those emotions in the moment to go, how do I live in a way where God is glorified in my life through my emotional health. So that's what we're talking about today. And you might say, well, Adam, I, I don't, why, why are we talking about emotions? I mean, is this really what we need right now? Is this really important? It seems pretty basic. Um, shouldn't we be talking about something else? And I'd say, no, well, it's, it's really important for us. In normal life, when things are normal crazy, we're all over the map. Our emotions are all over the place. We are, we are misusing, misunderstanding, miscommunicating in, in everything. And it, all, it, it, it can all revolve around our emotional health and well-being. But now you take in all the other things that we're having to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, I am feeling it daily, weekly. Life provokes emotional responses in us. So yeah, we need to talk about emotions. We need to talk about how God sees this and views this. Look, all the good in, and the bad in our life have some root in emotion. Right? Everything that comes out of us starts inside of us. Jesus said, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there is something going on inside of us. And that's what the heart is. When you, when you look at scripture and they talk about the heart, the heart is the seat of the emotions, the, the root of our passions, our desires. And so whatever's going on in there, it comes out of our mouths, out, and not just in the way that we speak, in the way that we respond in all forms of communication. And what comes out? has an effect on ourselves and has an effect on other people. We're seeing that a lot right now. So much coming out of our mouths, either verbally, physically, or online. And a lot of it, well, we know it starts from inside. So when we start talking about why, why would we talk about emotions, well, let's think about who God is and let's think about how he has formed us and how he has written to us. And we think about the life of Jesus. I mean, Jesus cared about emotions. Jesus was emotional. And before you go, <gasps> not in the negative, misapplied way that we are, but Jesus was emotional. He was human. He experienced human emotions. And, and this really goes hand in hand with what we talked about last week when we were talking about humility. We talk about what it looks like for us to, to decrease and for God to increase in our lives. I mean, Jesus lived this 
humble life, but yet it was not emotionless. It was full of emotion. Our emotions and our humility go hand in hand, and Jesus showed us real emotion and perfect emotion. I mean, you think about what was, what would characterize Jesus, the way he felt, the way he did his work? It was compassion. And we could go through scripture after scripture and look at things that he did and said. I mean, we know that he loved, obviously, but when we think of specific instances, he loved. There's an encounter with a rich young man who just had all his hope lying in his possessions and what he had in the bank. And so Jesus loved him. Jesus wept over his friend Lazarus when he, when he died. Jesus was moved with pity when he was confronted with the leper. He wailed over Jerusalem. He cried over Jerusalem when he looked out over this, his country and said, you, you're not getting it. You're, you're, you're going to go through hard times because you're, you're rejecting me. He, he wailed over that. He sighed over his encounter with the deaf man. I was always encouraged when I saw that Jesus sighed because I, I sigh a lot. It's, kind of, it's one of my emotional outlets. I, I just... Apparently, it's a thing I do a lot because I don't realize as much until people one after the other continues to tell you, you know, that yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a great way to exhale all the negative, although everybody then thinks you're sighing at them and it's not so great. Jesus even got angry. But even when he gets angry, it's because of his love for God and his love for us. And so this should show us that emotions are not to, to be run from. They're not bad in and of themselves. They're part of us. And when we align our emotions with the heart of God, whether it's happiness, sadness, surprise, and even anger, it can be used for God's purposes and for his good. Paul, he said, he told us, he said, be angry and do not sin. So there's some way that we can even be angry without sinning. But when our emotions get out of control and when the focus, just like we talked about last week, when the focus all of it starts to come on us and what we're getting, what we're not getting, what's fair, what's unfair, what about me? Then our emotions start to get out of control, and that's when we run into problems. But looking at Jesus, man, like this should show us to some degree that where Jesus goes, emotion follows. Where Jesus goes, there is emotion. Where the gospel go, when the gospel comes into our life, our emotions have to be impacted, at the very least, with compassion, but usually with things like amazement, with joy, with gratitude, because of who God is and what he's done in our life. That's what Jesus brings, and we don't want to run from that. It's why we're here today. It's why you're watching online. You come to church, not just to get some kind of intellectual feeding, it's also to get our emotions engaged with what is happening in our life. It's emotional. It should be. When we sing, it should be emotion. I mean, we sang today, living 
hope. We sang amazing grace. We sing these songs. I mean, do, do, do you hear the lyrics? Do you think about them when you're singing? Does it bring a smile to your face? I mean, this is what we sang today. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. I mean, we, we, we get this imagery. We sang, who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory. I love this. To wear my sin and bear my shame. Man, that's good stuff. Should that stir up the emotions in us? Absolutely. What do you feel when you sing a song like that? Does it move you? If that doesn't move your emotions, if it doesn't put a smile on your face or put some kind of thought and emotional response into you that says, oh, wow, <laughs> then something might be wrong with that relationship with your creator. It's the truth. It's the gospel, the realities of it. It should stir up in us joy and gratitude and humility and maybe sometimes sadness. When God comes into our life, it has to affect our emotional disposition. It has to. So let me ask you a question. How, how would you describe yourself emotionally? Or maybe better yet, how would your spouse or your kids or your friends, how would other people describe you? Would they describe you as happy? As sad? Thankful? Angry? Miserable? Critical? Bitter? Unforgiving? You see, I mean, these, these words, I, I know they go much deeper than the emotions, but they're no less than, than some form of emotional response in our life. And if we consider ourselves Christian, if we consider ourselves godly, if we claim that the Lord of the universe has come in to our lives and has done this amazing work, then... We can't be okay with just saying, yeah, but that's just him. He's just a miserable Christian. <laughs> He's just always angry. Don't mind him or don't mind me. That's just how I am. That's just how God made me. No, it's not okay. And sometimes we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but sometimes we revert to that and we excuse some of the behavior in our life, some of the, the dispositions that we exude that ooze out from us and we say, ah, it's just how I am. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't take offense. I'm like this with everyone. <laughs> it's not good. You know, I've talked about this. I have these like lines ingrained in my forehead because I do this a lot. It's not good. Like I look at it now and go, I spent years building these lines up for what? So that my kids can be like, Dad, why are you angry? I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> it's just my face. There's nothing wrong with intensity. There's nothing wrong with 
drive. There's nothing wrong with seriousness. That's not the point. Let me push this pedal down a little bit hard on this one side because it It's too easy for us because we drift into that. We all drift into this place of intensity, seriousness, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness. And we don't want to walk around miserable and angry, critical, bitter, You look at the passage that I read from Proverbs 15. Look at it. It says, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. Such such a great passage. I mean, it, it, it gives us this indication about how we relate with other people. When it says, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, it's not your own eyes and your own heart. It's the light of my eyes rejoices your heart. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. It's, it's, and the good news refreshes the bones. Actually, that word refreshes means fattens. It fattens the bones. It's, it's life-giving. It's replenishing. It's nourishing, man. This is it. Like how we, our emotional connection with each other and how we come across and what, you know, the way I look at you will either rejoice your heart or it will suck the life out of you. The news that I share with you, the words, not just what I say, but how I say them are life-giving refreshment to your physical well-being. Our emotions, when aligned with God, can help us love him more and should be used to love the people around us. And when we see things in the world that, that are against God or against his creation, when we see injustices, we should feel it. We should be emotionally responsive to those things. Right? When you, uh, July 30th was one day that the world has come to recognize as an anti-human trafficking day. It's called uh, it was a World Day Against Trafficking in, in Persons. Human trafficking, modern-day slavery. I mean, $150 billion industry, 40 million people enslaved, 10 million of those are children. Like, we should see those things and not just go, ah, it's an agenda or it's, it's one political alignment or another. Like these are realities that exist in our world and we could pick injustices after injustices and see these things happening. We need to feel them and we need to speak about them. And I know we can't speak about everything all at once, but there are these moments when we have to speak up because it's not a deviation from the gospel. It impacts the gospel at every turn because it's at the heart of God. And when we see when we see things happening in our world, in our country, in our city, yeah, it's good to speak up and out. But how we do that, how we engage our emotions in those communications are essential. Because the goal is one, we want to honor God in all of it, and then at the same time, we want to be part of the solution and part of change. 
And so, yeah, it's not just a liberal or conservative thing. It is a gospel thing. And we who claim the gospel, we have to know how the gospel washes over all of it. Now, you've let me push down this emotional pedal pretty hard, and, and it's important. Now, are there dangers to this? Absolutely. Absolutely, man, we, we, we get it. There is absolutely a danger in all of this. I said it earlier, emotions are complicated, they're complex. We don't always know why we feel the way that we feel. And so we don't just wanna live our life all based on emotion, on how we feel in the moment. It would be a mess. Some of our lives are a mess because of that, right? Like our marriages are a mess, our families are a mess, our workplaces are a mess because emotions have been the, the foundational block. And we, we kind of live in this culture, right? Like if I feel it, I should just be able to express it. It's not really the best policy because we tend to just feel, well, <laughs> we are sinners. We are sinful. And that is what just wants to come out and ooze out. And so, yeah, there has, to be, there has to be some adjustment here. We can't live just on emotions. In its place, they're good. When they're shaped by the gospel, when they're harnessed by God's spirit, measured against his word, our emotions are awesome. But just by themselves, they can lead to disaster. And that was the other scripture we looked at this morning, right? James 1, he says, when each, person, each person's tempted, when he's lured and enticed by his own, say it, desires, then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. It brings forth destruction. Look, our basic flaw is this word desire, right? It, 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 it means something like emotion gone crazy, like emotional overdrive, we have desires that just take over and they go and they go and they go and then we do all kinds of terrible, crazy, weird, whacked out stuff. And it creates death. It shows up in these unrestrained emotions. And we gotta be careful that just because we honestly feel something or we feel sincerely about something, that it's just an okay feeling. Not every feeling we have is okay. I'm married next, ooh, it's coming this week, 20 years this week. Wow, we got married very young. 20 years this week, I'm married. There are certain feelings that are not okay in my life, in my marriage. There are certain things that exist between my wife and I that are reserved for only us, and therefore anything outside of that is inappropriate, not okay, not to be condoned, not to be celebrated. Because it leads to death and destruction because it's opposed to God's word. And so we have to fight against those things. Paul said... The Apostle Paul, in another spot, when he's talking to his son in the Lord, Timothy, he's, he's teaching him how to be a pastor, how to lead people. And he says, look, there's going to be a time when people just want to hear 
the, the things that appeal to their desires. He calls them itchy ears, where we just want to hear the things that make us feel good, the things that, that appeal to what, what I think God should be like. And he says, you need to be careful. He says, they're going to turn away from listening to truth and they're going to want to listen to that stuff. And so we, this is all about getting our emotions in check. Does God care about your happiness? Absolutely. Does he care about that emotion in you? Absolutely. Is his greatest goal for you to be happy? No. Is all God care about is your happiness? No. Because there's other things that he cares about. He cares about you being like him, being made like him, growing more into his image because we confuse happiness with all kinds of other things. And I can't tell you how many people have come to me as a pastor and have said, you know, but I, I just know God just wants me to be happy. And so therefore I am going to leave my spouse. Therefore I'm going to leave my children. I'm going to steal. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to... And they're like, it's okay. God understands. In those moments, man, it's just so hard. You want to love the person. You want to help steer them. And then at the same time, you want to, well, the bad emotions come out from me at that point. Our emotional health needs to be shaped by who God is. It's a fight for us because there's so much noise and, and how we feel in the middle of all the craziness of life is going to, it's going to shape if we are useful, impacting, godly, or if we are just going to be part of the problem and causing more division, causing more trouble. And I think this is a big deal for us. We have viruses. We have racial unrest. We have protesting and riots. We have storms. We have marital conflict. We have children running away. We have addictions. We have, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Our emotions need to come underneath the banner of God and under the word of God and to be shaped by them. So how do we do that? How can we live in a way <sighs> to handle our emotions in a godly way? And so here's what, I'm gonna here's what I want you to remember. Remember to cry. I'll tell you what I mean. I don't mean physically cry. This is an acronym, okay? Those three letters, C-R-Y. I want you to choose. I want you to rehearse, and I want you to yield. I want to tell you what that means, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up as we finish up here. We're going to cry. Choose, rehearse, yield. So this is your little mnemonic device to help think through what it looks like to fight this fight. So what do I mean by choose? I want you to choose the emotions that you want to cultivate, okay? There are some emotions that are no good that we want to kind of stay away from at times. I mean, like things like, we'll broaden the term of emotions, right? So if we think about things like bitterness, hatred, those kinds of things, we want to think about emotions that we want to cultivate, that we want to maximize, and then other ones that we want to minimize, 
Choose the emotions you want to cultivate. Decide which ones you want prominent, the ones that you know honor God, like joy and thankfulness, gratitude, which is the same thing, love, empathy. And then deciding on the ones that you need to work on, you know, minimizing, like anger, right? We've already talked about it. There's a place at times for anger, but usually for us, anger has gone way over the edge, And to understand that it, it's a choice. It's very much a choice. And I understand. Let me, let me overstate it. And you say, well, Adam, it's not always a choice. Yes, I get it. it. Much of it is a choice, though. Much of it is a choice. We see this a lot in the Psalms. The Psalms tell us over and over again at times that how we speak to our soul. Uh, Psalm 43, 5, why are you downcast or cast down, oh my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Right, there's an emotional state. You're a mess. You're, you're just broken. Things are happening. Storms are coming. Viruses are everywhere. You're, you're, you're in turmoil. What does he say? Hope in God. Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. And he's saying, why are you cast down? Like he's, he's speaking to his own soul and he says, hope in God. Yep, you're a mess inside, hope in God. There is a command to emotionally alter what's happening inside. It's just hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And I know, listen, there's, there are emotional health issues, serious. I mean, we, we're, we're riddled with depression and anxiety and, and other serious clinical illnesses where often it's not a choice. And I recognize that. And I would say this, there is, there is a choice to get help. There's a choice for people around you to engage in your life and to not feel like you have to do it alone. And, un and, and much of what we experience is a decision. Guys, let's just, we get this, right? Some of us just choose to be angry. We just hold on to it. We choose to be unforgiving. We choose to be bitter because there's something about it. We, we, we hold on to it because it's some form of protection. It's some form of measure to keep people away or to let us justify behavior that we know is wrong. God's coming and saying, listen, choose me. Choose, choose what I have for you in joy, in, in gratitude, in hope, love. I know it's not easy, but it's the call of God in our life. So choose, rehearse. So once you choose the emotions you want to cultivate, rehearse them meaning practice them, do them, do them again and again and again. There, there was a time, uh, I've shared this before, like in the way that I would communicate, usually in written form, I would be very short and to the point and people were constantly getting offended in me. So I had to decide in that moment if I just wanted them to continue to be offended in me or I wanted to try to grow in that. And so I can't tell you sometimes I will write an email and then I will 
go back and uh, before I hit send, I'll read it again and I'll add more to it and I'll read it again and be like, no, this sounds, and, I mean, it's exhausting, but look, it's, it's part of like, but I've gotten better now. So like, I don't go back over it 15 times. Now I do a little bit better or I try to smile more because, you know, these lines, they communicate one thing, but if I smile, it helps to communicate something else. And so I practice, I, I, I know you think I am out of my mind, but this is part of my path of like trying to love people and and be a source of strength and help and hope. So I try to smile more. I try to be more verbal. I try, I've had to practice and rehearse. It's the call for us. Practice them. Proverbs 2, 1 and 2 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. There is a place where we are inclining. We are, we are rehearsing. We're practicing. We're trying to live in an understanding way. So if, if someone is misunderstanding me, my first response isn't, well, you fix yourself so you can understand me. No, my first response is, well, shoot, I better... Smile more. <laughs> be more communicative. Look, if you want to be more, if you want to be happier, practice being happy. Just smile. Say nice things. You want to be more thankful? <laughs> smile. <laughs> Say nice things. Find things in your life that you can be grateful for and speak them and rehearse. I mean, this is not, it doesn't take practice for us to be angry. Like, man, I'm going to try to get angrier. Yeah, it's easy. Just do nothing and read a lot of social media. Then you'll just, you'll just be angry all the time. Fight for what you want to see in your life. And it all relies on this last one, which is yield. Yield yourself to the Lord and give it all to him. Give it all over to him. Look, First Peter 5, this is such an amazing passage. It's something we need to hold on to because we're all anxious in one way, shape, or form. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because why? He cares for you. How strengthened do we become when we know someone cares for us? There's just life there. There's hope. So whether or not our spouse or our kids or our friend or our boss is showing that kind of care, we know that we have a God who loves us and cares for us and is working actively. And he says, I want, I want it all. Just give it all to me. Speak your cares to me. Speak your anxieties to me. I will take them because I love you. This is the key because if we just go in every day going, all right, I'm going to choose and I'm going to rehearse it's, it's going to get draining because you don't have the strength and power within you to do this stuff. God has to be at the foundation level. So we give it to him. We say, God, I want to be a, a more joyful person because that's who you are. You're joyful. I want to be a more loving person because that's who you are. That's what you did for me. You went to, you, you sent your son to the cross so that I could have life, so that I could find love and acceptance in you. And now I want to go and live that way with everyone around me. And if you're sitting there going, Adam, look, I, I hear what you're saying, but life is hard. I am struggling. I am, I am having such a hard time just getting out of bed in the morning. Forget about practicing my 
joyfulness, I would say this, look to Jesus. All you have, man, don't look to me. Don't look to your spouse. Don't look to your job. Don't find your sense of significance and worth in anything other than him. Rest in him because he already did all of it that you want. And he says, everything I have is yours. He chose love, even though it meant death. He chose joy, even though it sent him to the cross. And he chose you. He chose you so that he could take your burdens, your cares, and give you him, his joy, his love. Trust him. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for the invitation you give to all of us to come, to yield our life to you. Oh God, I know there are so many here this morning hurting, confused, scared, anxious, depressed, broken, angry. Spirit of God, I pray your for your healing to come over us, for your mercy to change us. God, we pray for new life where there is an abundance of anger, God, there would be an abundance of joy. Where there is an abundance of, of bitterness, there would be an abundance of gratitude and grateful hearts. Where there is an abundance of hate, there would be an abundance of love, God. Take our emotions, our emotional health, and flip it upside down and just yield it all to you, God. We need you for it. We pray in Christ's name, amen.